Daily Dribble. And welcome back to the Daily Dribble podcast, guys. As always, I'm your host, Nick Zamet. Here joining me for a little morning episode, Mr. Lee Hancock. What's going on, guys? Lee here. Mate, the early bird gets a worm, does it not? God, it feels weird going back to morning ones. But... Are you more of a night creature or a morning... Uh... I mean, night creature. In terms of podcasts, I'm an afternoon guy, but these yep. ones are keeping us away. That's it. Indeed, indeed. We'll get, get to get to them in one moment there. Uh, also joining us, Mr. Roe Hancock. How are you, buddy? Yeah, not too bad, Nick. How are we? Mate, yep. yourself? Morning or night goer? Oh, still wiping the sleep out of me, honest, to be honest. But no, going all right. Looking forward to another episode. Absolutely. A big episode in store today. Before we get to it, guys, a big shout out to Shine. Now, for any of our YouTube viewers out there, uh, you may may see us there, our beverage of choice on today's episode. A uh, big thank you for the hookup from the uh, from the team there. We're uh, super appreciative and just absolutely loving the drinks they've supplied us with. We might uh, have a little more to mention about that hopefully next week, so keep your eyes and ears peeled for that. But nevertheless, a big thank you to Shine for the uh, the hookup for today's episode. Absolutely. God, they're delicious. They are tremendous. Oh, they are good. I'm really looking forward to hopefully discussing a little more about them next week and the, and the following weeks with any luck. Yep, um, sounds good. Guys, big episode today. Before we get into it, though, continue to stay up to date with all of our socials, guys. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok. Drop those subscribes. Drop those likes, follows. Do all that good stuff. We really appreciate all the continued support. Uh, we're gaining bit by bit closer to 2,000 followers on Instagram, so that'll certainly be a a, a nice little milestone. I, I guess a little boost to the ego there, a nice little milestone to hit. So, what are we going to do to celebrate when we hit 2K? Uh, t- Game of 2K? Yeah, it <laughs> seems only logical. So, um, guys, continue to uh, hit that follow. We really do appreciate all the support. Now, today's episode, big, big one, one in store. They're all big. I'm a broken record on that front. <laughs> we're going to recap a couple of quick odds and ends. We're then going to, we're now kind of, we've seen enough of the season to kind of, I guess, base, we'll make quite, I guess, strong, informed decisions about teams, where they're at, who's underperforming, who's under overperforming, should I say. Absolutely. Today, though, we're going to look at a couple of teams who have kind of under-delivered so far. Um, And we kind of, I think the catalyst for maybe sparking these teams up the ladder could be a trade. So we've once again fired up our friend, the old trade machine, and we're going to pose a couple of couple of trades for some of these underperforming teams that may elevate them back into playoff or title contention. So, and there's been a heap of those teams, hasn't there? There's, there's been, been many. About six or seven teams who are really underperforming. So interested to hear what ideas you guys have. Absolutely. Looking forward to that. We'll also recap a couple of notes from the week that's been across the NBA. So... Without further ado, Lee, take us away with an odds and ends on your front. I've just got the odds and ends that um, has pretty much come out and, you know, it's been the general consensus of things in terms of Russ and the Lakers. Obviously, he hasn't performed um, as as well as we'd like so far. Um, and it's coming more into light that if he doesn't start to perform, a trade might be on the on the tables once we get to the, you know, before the trade deadline. Really? This seems just bizarre. Like, I know he's underperformed, but he's notorious for starting the season slow. We're only, I think, the Lakes are 8-8, eight eight, so 16 games in. It seems very premature to kind of jump to these conclusions, especially LeBron's been out yeah. for quite a period of this time. Um, so we haven't had a great look at how those three all look together, mm-hmm. AD, LeBron, and Russ. Yeah. Um, so as a Lakers fan, you know, I'm certainly not giving up on Russ as of yet. Mm. Uh, the signs are somewhat... They're not worrying, but they're, they're, it certainly hasn't been the ideal start. 
yet I don't think we need to jump the gun that quickly. Well, I don't reckon you guys have had a full-strength team at all this year, have you? No, uh, even when LeBron was playing, we were missing uh, Horton Tucker, we were missing Ellington. Yep. Uh, you know, there's been... I don't think we've had our full complement of stars as has, of yet. Has Kendrick so. Nunn played a game this year? Has he been out there? Oh, gee, I, I, don't, think I don't think he's featured as of yet. So, you know, that just goes to show... I think it is a little bit early to be jumping to these kind of, um, you know, that, potential trade murmurs. I'm, yeah. I'm not saying that. Don't shoot um, the messenger? I'm not. Yeah, don't shoot the messenger. I think Russ still needs some time to prove himself. But, you know, so far, um, I don't like what I see. Well, you know what might help change things for the Lakers' fortunes? A little, uh, a little stadium name change. During the week, it was announced that the Staples Centre, as of Christmas Day, will be renamed crypto.com arena now this certainly caused quite a lot of debate across all avenues of social media and nba fans alike um you know for it's such a funny one because you know for us growing up like i think the name change from the forum to staples was what was it 1999 it didn't affect us at all no but we've grown up and known you know and as the staples center yet um, it does just show, I guess, like all stadium for the most part, all stadiums have a brand or company attached to them, and this is just, you know, a, a sign that we're moving forward. Mm. It's such a bad Christmas present to get, isn't mm. it? On the twenty fifth, out of all days, don't all do days. it to us. Is it? Do you think it'll? Like, I just don't like that. If it was Crypto Arena, I'd yeah. be, I'd be like, that's kind of cool. But the dot com, the dot com ruins it for yeah. me. The thing, well, the thing I hate about it, and I haven't read into it at all, um, is that it's probably to do with money. Oh, it no, is absolutely. Like, it's the largest, it's business. the largest uh, sports naming rights deal in the US mm. um, thus far. Yeah. So I think it's is it over twenty years, ten or twenty years? It's seven hundred and fifty million dollars, I believe. So quite a um, a hefty amount there. As yeah. people were saying throughout the week, though, it's not like we're going to be you know naming at crypto.com in our daily conversations. I reckon no. it's going to be universally known as Staples Center. Um, do you, Do you think that'll change though? Because I know. Often, like for Australian fans out there and AFL fans alike, mm. you know, there's been many a ground. Like down here in Tasmania, we had Belrave Oval and uh, it was, what, probably half a decade ago, a little bit more now, mm. that it changed to Blunston Arena and that's caught on. Likewise, uh, Subiaco Oval. Yeah. There's been many grounds I, around the world that have changed names, so... I just think there's a little bit of a difference between Staples and Blunston Arena. <laughs> that's fair. That's no, fair. no, who knows? I think the, there's only one... Probably stadium or arena that's probably safe from being renamed and Madison Square Garden. MSG. Oh, I, I think everything else is probably a candidate for for being swooped up and renamed. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, another piece for me. Just a little, uh, a kind of a somber note here for the 76ers. They've had a torrid time um, with Joel Embiid being out, injuries, COVID uh, protocols alike. But their assistant Dave Yeager, uh, he'll be away for the team from, for several weeks. Um, during the week, it was announced he'll be undergoing chemo and radiation treatment for a form of cancer on his head and neck. Uh, certainly wish him all the best mm. on that front. It's it's a really difficult situation to be in. I think a report he gave is a 90% cure rate. Um, but, but it's still, it's, it's still it's, concerning. It still is concerning, but it's... Who is it? Uh, Dave Yeager, the uh, 76ers assistant coach oh. there. So, And it does just make note, especially for guys out there, just a, a quick little health point like we mm. kind of don't swallow our pride too often but you know things like prostate cancer and things just going and getting checkups it's something we Super should all important. do and you know mental health as well speaking up mm. it really is 
important um, and things like this you need to get on top of early and you know stay stay on top of your health because our bodies are temples aren't they Roy? they are as you would know Nick. indeed Take very so, good care uh, of very it. good care very good care a well-oiled machine <laughs> um anything else from you lads i just wanted to say a few it, more it's coming more into light that um demar de rosen and the lakers that was pretty much a done deal i just wanted to say that um i oh. think he was talking on some podcast or some interview or something that was a done deal how sad. like lakers are on a bad run in terms of all this stuff and de rosen's near uh, top five top three yeah. top five mvp candidate at the moment so that's um yeah it's certainly a bit of pill to swallow on that front i would have loved having de rosen lighted up from the mid-range even larry was a name who was spoken about going to the lakers but Oh, well, plenty of time to turn it around, Nick. Indeed. A couple of injuries I'll rattle through here. Uh, probably leading the Rookie of the Year race at the minute, Evan Mobley. He will be mm. out for two to four weeks with a right elbow sprain. Um, so far, he's been putting up 14.5 points, eight rebounds, two and a half assists. So that's a big blow to the Cavs. They're currently without Sexton as well, and they're in a little bit of a slide after their red-hot start to the season. Mm. And for Mobley himself, it's um, less than ideal timing because, as I said, he was leading the... I would say probably the front runner for the rookie of the year race, yeah, Scotty Barnes, probably a close second. He'll no um, doubt fall back a bit now after this injury. Yeah, I would think so. So hopefully a quick recovery there. I mean, mm. Lamelo didn't last year. He was out for weeks on weeks. I think it was like seven or eight weeks in the end. Yeah. yeah. And he won. Yeah, he came home like a freight train, yeah. didn't he? Um, also, a guy who has really struggled with injury over the course of his career so far, DeAndre Hunter. He'll be out for two months with a, uh, a tendon injury to his right wrist. Now, for the Hawks, it's not too much of a concern given their depth, but nevertheless for him, a guy who's really trying to assert himself in the league, sure. make a name for himself, get a payday, mm. he just can't stay on the court at the moment. No. So certainly hope for his sake he can uh, you know, get healthy and find some consistent playing time. So, yeah, big blow there. Uh, guys, we'll move it. Actually, I've got one more piece, one more piece that came to light this morning. Now, mm. forgive me, I'm going to pull up my phone and get the actual quote here. Um where is it? Sorry. You wouldn't want to misquote someone, would no, you? No, no, no. I've uh, the, the going, quote's gone while missing. You, while you're going, me and Ro went and saw the Jack Jumpers game. Oh, what was our thoughts? It, like, it is one of the best things to happen down in Tasmania for some mm. time. In terms of bringing everyone together yeah. and having our own team, it's um, oh, it was an incredible experience. Mm. And, um, yeah, we'll have to, have to head back up along there um, throughout the year. Saw a friend of the show, Vic Found Law. It. He was, oh, Vic he Law. was Vic Law. down there. Vic Down Law. Tazzy, Vic Law and Taz. Tell you what, I'm absolutely buzzing for the NBL season. I might transition my, hold my point for a moment that I had and just speak on the NBL just for a second here. Mm. Now, the Jack Jumpers, they went down in their opening game 79 to 89 against the Bullets. Not a bad showing at all no. for their first hit out. They were really in the game, but they played their kind of their second stringers and gave a few minutes at the end. In a game they could have won, they gave yep. it to their kind of reserve players. So, you know, you certainly don't feel deflated by that loss, mm. but then came up 81-66 to 66 against mm. the Cairns Taipans in Game 2. Huge. Just quickly, a throwback to that Bullets game, the first game. Did you guys see that Josh Adams dunk? Oh, Josh yeah. Adams, he's one of the most electric players mm. I've seen. He's, <laughs> like he's, he's a freak. Yeah. That was He pretty much jumped over the guy, yeah. and he is just an absolutely must-watch player. He's yeah. probably one of the most exciting players in the league, I would say. He's a highlight reel, for sure. And what that's he, basing it off after like one or two games. What he reminds me of, and I don't know if Lee had the same opinion, but when I was watching him in our win the other day, he runs around like an early J.R. Smith, He's got that outside shot, but geez, he's athletic and he walks around with so much swagger Swagger. as well. He's just, 
I don't know. He's going to be a guy who gets bums on seats for the Jack Jumpers who, this year, I reckon. Who's your favourite player on the Jack Jumpers? What? Him. It's, it's, hard, it's yeah. hard to argue anyone else but him. Oh, um, Clint, boy. Clint. Actually, I, I, yeah. I shout out Mikhail McIntosh. He yeah, came into sport McIntosh. during the week. Did I was he? having a... Oh, I uh, oh, just gave lucky. him a bit of a uh, bit of a talk. I said, mate, uh, you guys looked pretty good the other day. And he's like... <laughs> Yeah, we've got a game tonight too. It's like, yeah, excellent, yeah, mate. Best of luck. Yeah, yeah, looking very sharp. Big unit. Mm, yeah. Big, big unit. unit. Yeah. So the Jack Jumpers are making moves. On the Jack Jumpers front, before I move on, mm. yesterday we had the leadership group announced, the vice captain for the season, Jared Weeks, yeah, okay. and the captain voted in unanimously by the playing group. Clint Yeah, Clint uh, No doubt about it. Certainly he comes from, you know, the Wildcats that that culture is just infectious over there and he's brought it over with him mm. and just... It was probably like the the piece that really got the ball rolling for us. Yeah. Getting him on board, fantastic move for the for the culture of the team and just the playing group as as, as a whole to have someone stand up and really take the reins off the court and on the court. So. And he provides so much stability to our team. I think the other night we saw him come off the bench, which I actually thought he was yeah, a starter, but he comes off the bench yeah. and he brings so much leadership and stability and we just look so much better with him out there. I tell you what, it'll be interesting. There's still a few games to go and they're still ironing things out, but what the actual starting five will look like. Yeah. Mm. But if you can bring him off the bench as just a sharpshooter from three, that leadership can control the second unit. Mm. So handy. Tell you what, we're in good shape. It's coming around <laughs> quickly. December 6th, I believe, is the opening round yeah. for the regular season. Uh, still a few more games to go in the NBL Blitz, but uh, loving what we're seeing so far. The Jack Jumpers are here. Where I'll just quickly, what did you guys think of the arena, the new My State Bank Arena? Well... The, the first thing that comes to mind is you, when you go to My State Bank Arena, there's not a bad seat in the house. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Like, I reckon if you... I've said it before the podcast, but you could be sitting in the bleachers and you'd still be quite close to the court. It's not to say it's a tiny arena or anything, but it's just... It's very well set out and, yeah, all the Jack Jumpers fans there the other night. It was electric, particularly when we were up and about and had a few, you know, stops and big buckets. It's... Great place to be. The atmosphere's electric, row. Join the march. Guys, last point for me in odds and ends. This came to light this morning. Um, a guy who plied his trade last season. Yeah, last season in the NBL. Made the move to the Pelicans. Um, Diddy Lazada. He's been suspended for 25 games without pay for violating the NBA's health and wellness protocol, the anti, um, anti-drug anti program. Mm. Now, I'm just going to read this just so I don't get it wrong. It's only come to light just early today. He tested positive for tes- testosterone and, and dross... Dan alone. So, uh, in a statement he issued, the 22-year-old, he took an off-season trip to Brazil uh, in consultation with the nutritionist recommended to him. Um, He kind of unknowingly ingested these unknown substances. substances. Um, So, the quote from him, when I was in Brazil during the off-season, I consulted a nutritionist who recommended I take some vitamins and supplements. Um, because she has a history of working with professional athletes, I would never have imagined that any of those substances would be banned or could be contaminated. Mm. Once I learned of the positive test, I immediately cooperated completely with the league and union to help all of us understand what exactly has occurred. So, uh, you know, it's not as if he's just blatantly gone out and tried to abuse the anti-drug program. Uh, A bit of blow for him as he's, you know, 22 years old. He's made the move from the NBL, trying to find his feet in the league. Um, Hopefully the way the Pelicans are going should their season, which is off a cliff as it is, Mm. but, you know, they shut down some of these big-name players. Mm. He would get extended game time, but um, yeah, 25 games without pay. I don't know how much I believe of that quote, 
no matter no matter if he did it on purpose or not, you need to be looking into these things a bit more and just not, you know, swallow any, any pill you take. Where's your agents researching, you know, what what vitamins you're taking? I tell you what, if I consulted with a, a pretty well-renowned nutritionist, I'm in Brazil. Yeah, probably. like like that's a big red flag. Where's, where's the where's the where's the red flag? The, the Brazil. This is becoming a weekly occurrence. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, yeah. No, I, I would you. Will he nearly throw down a couple of pills? No, not from Brazil. To be honest, I think my opinion on it is I think it sounds like it's an innocent mistake. But um, in saying that, when you're in that position, when you're in a professional sporting league, you have to do your research. Your body's a temple, isn't it, Ro? You've got to look after it. It is. And I just think, um, yeah, this... this, Well, it's not going to cost the Pelicans because they're dog poo as it is, but... Dead, it hurts you know. for him. It, it hurts, hurts for him. For him. So for Diddy. hopefully we see 25 games on the uh, on the sidelines there. He returns refreshed and rejuvenated. Um, by that point, I think the, the Pelicans will probably have shut down their season. So hopefully we get to see a little bit more of Diddy Lazada. Mm. Lads, I reckon that wraps us up for odds and ends. Yeah. Now, as I said at the start of the episode, we're going to uh, pose a couple of trades here. We've fired up the trade machine during the week. Mm. Well, I tell you what, what a love-hate relationship we have with that. Um, <laughs> yeah. But we're going to pose a couple of couple of trades that we think would benefit teams that are underperforming so far. Let, let me just say, when you proposed this idea in the group chat, you said, I, I thought you meant, and I've, I've addressed my trades as this, to teams to push them into actual real contentions with the Nets and teams like that. With But aren't they already there? Oh, yeah, so you mean these teams are underperforming to get them up to that level? Yeah, Nick said, like, examples, Hawks, Heat, and Bucks. So I've gone with teams like that to put... Don't think I said the Heat, they're top of the Eastern Conference. You did say Heat. Do you want me to get the message up? Yeah, please. No, do. Refer to the tape. Here we go. No, I I think I said Bucks. Bucks and Hawks, so teams that, like... Are down the down the standings a little bit at the moment. These boys and might you. need a push. Oh, you said Celtics. Yeah. They? So can I have an apology? No, but <laughs> mate, mate you're, you're throwing the gun around. It's innocent until proven but guilty. I'm, I'm just saying uh, my trades don't revolve around like teams bottom of the conferences. They're no, like no, we're not talking about OKC and Detroit no. and things like that. But teams okay. that should be higher. Okay, there's our three minute oh, clarification. Glad we're all on the same page now. My <laughs> goodness, I might kick us off after that. So you my my first trade is a uh, it's a bit of a big one here. It's a three team trade. Three teams. So Jeez. process this. What a mastermind you are! Oh my goodness, look at you. Out. Really do need to listen and process it, especially when they're three. Three team ones are absolute mind trips. Let's see what you've mustered up here. The Minnesota Timberwolves receive Ben Simmons, Robert Williams, Matisse Thybulle, and a 2022 first round pick. Oh. So the big piece is Ben Simmons, Robert Williams, Matisse Thybulle. Mm-hmm. Boston receive Cole Anthony Towns. Oh, okay. And the 76ers receive Jalen Brown and Pat Beverly. Goodness me. Um, let, let me just read that on yep, paper. Just have a look at that on paper. There you go. So we're giving up Rob Williams and Jalen Brown essentially for Cole Anthony, Anthony Towns. Oh, gee. It would address the big man issue, that's for sure. And with that, you're probably looking to make a move to probably get rid of Al Horford as well. If possible, oh, yeah, because he'll might, become yeah. redundant. I reckon you've got Cantor there, and then you've got Ben Simmons. We were speaking about the other day. Ben Simmons needs to go to a team where the fans don't necessarily care that much. Mm. Minnesota, that's probably the, one of the teams that you'd go to. You got offense still there with Anthony Edwards, D'Lo, and you just need someone who can lock because they just give up points. They need someone to lock down on that defensive end. And 76ers get that electric shooter in Jalen Brown. 
and on the defensive end as well. Pat Bev as well. Jeez, I, I actually don't mind this, to be honest with you. I, I, I'm i hesitant to get rid of both Jalen Brown and Rob Williams, but when you're getting Cat in return, it's a pretty handy handy addition. He, he, maybe it's because the Timberwolves are being poor, maybe because he's missed a bit of time, whatever the case, but he is... Like one of he's a generational talent, Carl Anthony Towns, he and is. I think maybe we undervalue him a little bit. I know I certainly do, um, but he, in the right situation, has all the capabilities to uh, shoot to the moon. He's if, capable of being twenty-seven and ten type player, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. If you're getting rid of Cat, bringing in Ben Simmons, Robert Williams, and Matisse Thybul, what direction are you heading in if you're Minnesota Timberwolves? Uh you. Well, for the Timberwolves, is this it, like a rebuild or building it, around Ant or what? Uh, it's a re. Well, it's not a rebuild. It's kind of better serves them at the moment in terms of their age timeline. Mm. They're all synced up. Ben Simmons is still young. It helps them on the defensive end. Robert Williams is really starting to grow mm. and develop and kind of fills that big man void. But then it gives them better. Better. They're just going to be better on both ends of the floor. Um, Robert I, Williams is good, but I don't think that um, fills the. Big man void, especially if they're getting rid of Cat. Like, that's going to hurt them a lot. You, well, do they... If they're better on both ends of the floor, though, I think, yeah. the like, Cat... They're, they're letting in a bucket load of points with Cat. Yeah. So I think they just need someone... Ben Simmons is yeah, one of, if not defense, the best yeah. defender in the league when he's playing. Yeah. I think he really addresses that. I don't think you need a top, top-tier talent centre. Um, I think Robert Williams is more than fine, more than adequate, and he'll continue to grow and develop. Um, so which team does this? Which team does it favour more? Because I'm looking at a few of them and I'm going, geez, like Minnesota, they've, that's pretty much setting up moves for their future I success. I think probably the 76 yeah, is the team we yeah. haven't mentioned because they're playing okay at the minute as it is without Ben Simmons. Yeah. So they're practically getting an all-star player and for nothing in, in, a sense, yep. in a sense uh, that Simmons isn't playing anyway. So No, 76 is for sure. But I, th- I think all teams out of this come out probably better off. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really, I'd be, I'd be happy if I was a Minnesota fan. To As be a Celtics fan, though, Roy, how do you feel? Yeah, it certainly addresses the the big man issue. I, I guess you could say getting back a legitimate superstar in Carl Anthony Towns. Really don't like the idea of getting rid of Jalen Brown and Rob Williams has actually become one of my favourite Celtics. Believe it or not, this year he's, yeah. he's been he's been really good. The best of a bad bunch. Best of a so, yeah, very bad bunch. But with Celtics, you're going all in for a championship with this team. Well, Cat's still young enough as it is. Like yeah. his and Tatum's timeline is pretty in sync, and it just like I think Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. As I, I think I've said a couple of times on the podcast already this season. Just feels like they've almost plateaued as a duo. Yeah, I think this will help reinvigorate them. And as I said, with this, you can probably maybe get rid of Al Horford in another deal, or you can. I think this might be the catalyst for a few other moves. But bringing in Cat, we've said their biggest need is a center. We spoke about Miles Turner. We've spoken about Vooch. Cat certainly surpasses well and truly both of them. Mm. So Cat is that number two behind JT. Yeah, yeah. Or one A, one B. What defense do um, do the Celtics have then? Well, Cat, Cat's all right, isn't he? Cat, Cat's Cat's all right. They have Marcus in... Smart um, in the guard, but I'm thinking more big man. I, I think Cat's more than adequate. He's not the slowest by any means at all. His no. presence, size, and length, I think, will you know certainly fill the fill the void. Yeah. Yep. Do you want me to go? Let's go and that's, move ahead. Big three team okay. trade. Gee, Set the bar no. high. <laughs> Two team trade. Oh, basic um, bitch. <laughs> first team like yours, we've got the 76ers. Second team, the Spurs. 
Okay. So the Spurs get obviously Ben Simmons. He's a, he's a trade piece, and Isaiah Joe. So not a not a massive name. Okay. But the 76ers get Dejounte Murray, Derek mm. Derek White, Devin Vassell, and two future first rounds. Right. Rightio. So yeah. Okay. So okay. if I was the Spurs, I I I'd be very hesitant hesitant to get rid of Dejounte Murray. I, I who's going to score? The only bloke who's scoring on their team at the minute are Murray and White. If you get rid of both of them, who's going to actually score for them? Who 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 are the names who will score? You know what? You know what? Um, I really did this trade just to get Dejounte Murray out. <laughs> you sent him to a big friend, and I think for the 76ers as well. I, I don't think Daryl Murray. I don't reckon that package is enough. Murray's, I think, twenty seven as it is, I, and I don't think he's a piece that's going to greatly. Enhance oh, I think it will. He's insane. I love. He's Dejounte good at. Murray. He's good where he is because he's kind of burdened with doing everything. But I, I don't. I, I don't think. I yeah. I don't think either team takes this. Okay. Uh, yeah. Look. So, how, <laughs> how much do the seventy sixes? Let's just speak about this for a minute. I guess how much do the seventy sixes improve with the addition of Dejounte Murray, Derek White, who are and Devin Vassell? I. Not a lot. You know, I, I think it's very handy for them to pick up, obviously, DeJounte Murray, but do I think they're going to be elevated into legitimate championship contention? I don't think so. Um, but, and, like, keep in mind, I, I rate DeJounte Murray very highly, but I think Lee, as he said before, he's just tried to get him out of San Antonio. Forced his way out. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I don't think any of their values so that how, high. Okay, how how much do you think um, Dejounte's Dejounte Murray's um, impact diminishes when he's on a team where he doesn't have to do everything? Quite significantly. You, re- you think so? I think so. I don't. I so if so. he's not the main guy, how much? He's is he? literally doing everything for this team in a team where there's no expectations whatsoever. Uh, I think if you combine him with. Embiid, you combine him with Harris, Danny Green, Seth Curry. I think he'll still be a dog on defense, but I don't think you're going to see him. You know, he's not going to have the ball in his hands anywhere near as much. Mm. Nowhere near as much. And I think his greatest asset, like as much as good as he is off ball, yeah. I think when he's on the ball, he looks the best, and he's just not going to have it in his hands as much. Fair enough. That is fair. Okay, free free yeah. Dejounte. Free Dejounte. <laughs> Look out! All right, Roy. What have you got for your first trade, mate? Okay, so I'll just read off the old notes as well. So. My trade involves the Boston Celtics, my boys. I had to I had to figure something out to try and get us on the right direction. Um, so I've got Josh Richardson, Ennis Cantor, and Hernan Gomez to Sacramento for Buddy Hield and Marvin Bagley the <laughs> So let me just explain the rationale behind this. So I think Boston are far too reliant on um, Jason Tatum and uh, Jalen Brown, when he's healthy, to provide scoring. And also, when our bench comes on, we seem to just lose the plot, and yep. it's a real weak point. So I reckon bringing Buddy Heald, who, and I th- think I saw this throughout the week, is the he's got the most three-pointers in his first two was it, was it 200 games or something like that. I can't remember the exact stat, but yep. he's a lights out from beyond the arc. So I think that's another option to... Um, rely on on offense takes a lot of um, 
pressure away from our main two guys. Marvin yep. Bagley, I think his value is just at, at an all-time low because it hasn't worked out at all at Sacramento. <laughs> it's been a disaster. I, so I don't think they could be asking for too much for him in return. Yep. Um, and then I guess for Sacramento, you know, we've got um, Josh Richardson. He, the addition of Josh Richardson at the Celtics hasn't worked. It I just hasn't say, has he been playing? Yeah. Like, I've, I've, I've not heard any mention of him whatsoever, and nor Hernan Gomez. Th- this proves my point. Hernan Gomez as well, he's only played a few games, but again, hasn't really worked out the way we thought it would. How and do you think it was going to work yeah, out? Well, I thought that they'd be serviceable role players, yeah. in all honesty, but yep. they just haven't done anywhere near enough to help. Mm-hmm. Enes Cantor, we're giving him very minimal minutes. For I a guy who yeah. had a few 20 and 20 games yeah. last year, I think he provides a little bit of value for a team who's willing to use him. Yep. Um, so I just think that adding another legitimate scorer to help out the Celtics um, will go a long way in terms of... Um, you know, rising back up the standings. I know probably the big man issue is the main sore point. Um, but you know, adding Marvin Bagley, a change of senior, who who knows? Like he might he might flourish. Flourish yep. at, at the Celtics. So I think you're addressing that a little bit, but you're also adding another legitimate scorer. A guy who could probably come off the bench and play in that six man role that he's been playing for the Kings in Buddy Hield. Mm-hmm. Um, settles the second unit a bit. So I don't know. I'm I'm I'd be interested. I'd be more than interested if this trade was, you know, rumored I reckon about. the Celtics definitely take it. Yeah. I think a lot more so than the Kings wanting to take it. Mm. But I think for the Celtics, it's just like he's an absolute bright spark off the bench. He's been phenomenal this season. For sure. And likewise, I think like I, he's still young. What was he? Is his number two or three pick Bagley? Was he number two or three? It was early. And he got taken before both Luca and Trey Young. Yeah. Might have been number two because it was Aiton, Bagley. Yeah, it was two. Yeah. So let's say that for the purpose of conversation. But I think, you know, at his age, you don't want to give up on him. I reckon he's still got potential. Yeah. So I think for the Celtics, again, a change of scenery can do a world of wonders for a player. Mm. Um, And, you know, you've got some leadership and your veteran presence there. You know, you've got a strong culture and setup there. For sure. You know, Brad Stevens, you know, all from top to bottom, I think they might be able to help him grow. Mm. Um, and likewise, having, oh, I tell you what, buddy, look out, look out. For the for the Kings, though, um, I don't know. I don't know what they're, they're, the team as a whole, I don't know where they're going or what mm. they're doing. Mm. I don't think this benefits them too much yeah they would they put Ennis Cantor in a starting role because we, he's been he's been more well, they got Rashawn Holmes, Rashawn Holmes, Holmes no Rick, no Rashawn Holmes has been going it's been great going, to yeah. be honest but the thing I like about yeah. this trade is just a new se- change of scenery for everyone all of these yep. players just aren't yep. fitting in where they are mm. um, and they're due to go somewhere where they can be Josh Richardson what a what, what a, a disappointment he's yeah. been since mm. when, when he was with the heat yeah Went to the Mavs, did nothing. He's gone to the Celtics and it's been a non-event. Mm. Um, For a little while there, he was renowned as being a 3 and D type player, but yep. he's, now he's not even... He's no 3 and little D, so... Come on, come um, on, man. No, it's a red flag. Come on, man. We're going to get it out every 10 seconds. No, no. I, just, I just want Bagels to go somewhere where he can thrive. Do you still believe in him? I still believe in him. I, I, I think it's the fact that we can't see anything at all with the Kings giving him, like, three minutes a game. As for the Kings as well, what... Oh, just... Like you just a team don't with know so much where, going nowhere. You just don't know. Even if they got these these couple of players from Boston, 
what direction are they going in? You know, it just adds another another few role players to their to their team, I guess. But in saying that, I do have my Celtics hat on both figuratively and literally at the moment. So you know, it would benefit the Celtics and get them, I think, going in the right direction. But at the same time, I think it I think it makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Good stuff. Round one in the books, lads. I'll kick off round two. Um, I'm kind of annoyed that I've gone the same player as the focal point of my you trade. Haven't. Not Ben. Yeah, Aww. and I didn't want to. I didn't want to. But this is a trade yeah. I think that could spark a bit of chat. Well, it's a pretty relevant one, isn't it? Yeah. It is a guy who's who ne- who will be going, who yeah. will be leaving. So, and what it, options have we got? We've got the 76ers getting the man they wanted most, Damian Lillard. Oh, oh Lillard. Wow. The Blazers received Ben Simmons, Tyrese Maxey, a 2022 first-round pick, and two first-round pick swaps. Now, just for oh. the lack of... The, the key piece has been Simmons, Maxey, and the first-round pick in 2022. Hmm. Here we go. So it blows it up completely. It now, does. on the Blazers' side, in my eyes, they defensively are just have been poor the last couple of years. Hmm. Um, I was really hoping that this year under Chauncey Billups, they'll tighten up a little bit. Been incremental improvements. Um, Larry Nance, I thought, was going to be their saviour. Had a good game the other week, in fairness, and really helped uh, in their win over the Bulls. It was, I believe, once he mm. came on, they turned what was quite a big deficit into a win over the top-of-the-table Bulls at the time. Um, yet they are still not the defensive team or where they need to be. No. So I think Simmons more than addresses that. Um, if you place him, you look at their team at the minute, the way it's constructed with McCollum, Powell, Covington, bearing in mind both of them are struggling. Mm. I think it's just a form slump. They'll come all right. Nurkic can stretch the floor as well. But they've got enough shooters that it opens up the lane for Simmons to just attack and do his best work and actually be not a defensive li- uh, an offensive liability, should I yeah. say. So I think it gives him a bit of freedom to express himself more. Yeah. And on the defensive end, it just is nothing but beneficial for them. They Just any defensive presence is key. Mm. And as I said before in our previous trade, one of, if not the best defensive player in the league when he's on his game certainly addresses that. Yeah. For the 76ers, this is the guy they want. They get him, they pair it alongside Embiid, mm. Harris, yeah. Green, mm. Curry. That is just lights out oh, scoring across delicious. the board. And I think elevates them to... You know, the way they're currently constructed, they're not in that top tier of championship contenders. Mm-hmm. You add Dame, though. You know, he's had a slower start to this season, but mm. you know, he's ranked as one of the top 75 greatest players in NBA history, so it's <laughs> not going to last. Um, with the way that team's constructed, you put him in the fold. Mm-hmm. And for the 76ers, you're not really giving up a lot. Simmons, who's not playing. Maxi, who's been good this year, in fairness. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a first-round pick for next season. So, yeah. But you've got to... You, you're going you, all in. You've got to get... Get rid of you know these type of players to get really good players like Damian Lillard. So I'd do that in a heartbeat. Um, goodness me, that 76ers team would be absolutely lights out from Stacked. beyond the arc, wouldn't it? I mean, I think 76ers win this trade. Um, in terms of the Blazers, not so much right now, but Dame is the guy who puts points on the board. CJ has okay. when Dame's been out, yeah, though. CJ steps into that role and looks really good. Yeah, every now and again. Is he capable of being that main scoring option, though? I think so. And, think I, so? and I think they've got enough other scorers we've seen. Uh, oh God, I've gone blank on his name off the bench this year. Oh, um, oh he's Sam just, Simons? Yes. Uh, no, no Gary Trent. 
Is he even there? No, anymore? he's with the Raptors. No, <laughs> come on, who's, who's the player I'm thinking of? I've just gone absolutely blank on who he is. Um, not Simons. Anyway, nevertheless. No. no, no, I can't think now. I've just gone blank. Uh, he's he, that tall guy who plays basketball. Yeah, so. yeah, that one. Um, but I think they've got more than enough scoring, and the defensive end's where they're struggling. So I think CJ will kind of relish in that role as being the number one scoring threat. If it was if it was um, Dame for Simmons, I'd say no, but... Um, Tyrese Maxey really does push this deal over the line if the Blazers were to say yes. Blazers would not do a straight swap, I don't think. Obviously not, but I'm I'm just saying, like, Tyrese Maxey, anywhere he goes, he's valuable. I'm guessing he'd come off the bench, uh, but he would make a massive impact. Could he... He could even... Like, I reckon... CJ could go to the three almost and Tyrese Maxey could play at the two because he's shown that when he gets minutes, he can... I picked him up in my fantasy team. Putting up buckets. Off the wire and he's been he's been incredible yeah. for me. I think he's a, he's got plenty of potential, Tyrese Maxey. So I actually like this trade a lot for both teams and very much want um, Dame. As much as I love loyalty in the NBA, I also like a change of scenery when it's required. And it feels like it's run its course it now, has. the Dame-CJ backcourt uh you know, you can only flog a dead horse for so long, can't you? Yeah, exactly right. So I actually really like that trade. I think both teams are uh, advantaged in some way or another. Brilliant. Lee, what do you got? Okay. Just just listen to me out and don't jump to conclusions really quick. I'm probably going to jump to a <laughs> yeah. quick conclusion, but go. I think it's pretty pretty fair. Okay, this is a two two-team trade involving the Pistons and the Wizards. So the Pistons get Rui Hachimura... Davis Bertans, Bertie Beetle, a future first and a future second, and the Wizards get Jeremy Grant. Okay, what are our initial initial thoughts? Let's read it. You, um, you're getting rid of Bertie Beetle's what sixteen million four year contract. That's a big contract you you're taking off your hands. So the Wizards get Grant. You, you're giving Bradley Beal an incentive to not only stay but to you know push them into actual contention so at the moment for the wizards who's in the, who's in the three spot slash four spot um, because um, who's, who's in like um, so what are they, who are they playing they're playing starting five you've got bill gafford no you've got dinwiddie um bill Casey. what do you mean no i was still going oh yeah okay go dinwiddie bill kcp I don't even think you have Gafford. You have Coos and Montrez. Oh, well, Gafford has been. Trez yeah. started the other day, but mainly Gafford. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just. I, I, I actually like Jeremy Grant, and I think in the right situation, he's a he's a really you know serviceable player. I'm just trying to think of how he fits into the Wizards team. Yeah. Um, as it currently stands, my um, my thing that I was going to say, you'd take KCP, you'd put him on the bench, and you'd put. Either Coos or Jeremy Grant at the four and the three. I would I would do that because I I think friend of the show. Don't get me wrong, friend of the show. But KCP is he, he's probably run his course as a, as a starter, yeah. um, and I think he might provide a bit more electricity off the bench. He's a guy who you can knock down a few quick threes. Um, we've seen it mm-hmm. throughout the last few years of his career, mm-hmm. um, and he hasn't been too impressive this year. Whereas I think Jeremy Grant provides a far more stability in terms of production on the offensive end. And then for the Pistons, like, you don't really need Jeremy Grant anymore. Not that he's not serviceable to them, but you're more looking to build around Kate Cunningham. And not only do you get a veteran sniper in, Bertie Beadle, um, and a, a formidable big man in Rui Hachimura, but you get trade pieces and supporting pieces. 
Yeah. Hmm. You're looking sceptical, Nick, and I want to know what your thoughts are. I don't know. I just don't know for the... On for what the, end? For the Wizards, um, I... That's uh, a tough one because I, I like Rui. Yeah. I think he's, you know, out at the moment with injury, but I really think he is the ultimate build as an NBA player. Um, mm. I love what he can do on the defensive end, his size and just his build. He's just an incredible freak athlete, yeah. and I think there's still enough to mould and work with it. Mm. Um, I don't think with the way, even with Bill's slow start to the season, the way the Wizards have looked is quite really competent. So I don't think there's too much need to shake things up yet yeah. and sacrifice their future just to get back Grant, who I think was phenomenal last season, yet, you know, was it an outlier? He's been more quiet this season. Is it sustainable? Well, that's um, the thing. You need to... He's, he's probably got his trade value at an all-time high coming off last season. Well, that's the thing. Like, I think they're giving up too much, the Wizards. Yeah. You're getting rid of Bertans, Hachimura. Bertans is... Hit and miss, but on his day is just lights out. Mm. What was it? A future first and a future second. That would be my only concern. Oh, as well, it's now a that you mention big it. package for Grant. I yeah, think. yeah, yeah. I think it, I think if you're looking at Grant of last year, certainly you think it could be worth yeah. contemplating. But Grant of this year, he's quietened down a yep. bit, and yeah, I think could you do a straight swap between maybe Rui and Jeremy Grant? I feel oh, like I don't think the contracts that. would. Work. I think Grant's got quite a hefty contract. Yeah, um, okay. it's twenty million. Yeah, and I think um, Ruiz is not a lot. It's like five million. So yeah, there you go. You'd have to make something work. Yet I think with the way they're going, got momentum on their side. From yeah. all reports I've heard, the locker room morale is good with the Wizards. Yeah. Things are going well. I I wouldn't take this if I was them, and I don't think for Detroit. I think Why wouldn't they take it if you're Detroit. Well, I think Detroit would take it, but yeah. I think I kind of like Grant being there now, just to take a little bit of the pressure off Cade. Mm. I, he doesn't have the whole weight of the world on his shoulders. Mm. They need there's not too many scoring options there, so they do. That's where you flourish, though, when you got the ball in your hands, and that's what well, they wanted. Yeah, you, you, you do, but you you know he he can't be putting up thirty points a night. You can if Jeremy Grant isn't there. <sighs> Gigi'd be flat if you got traded to Detroit, wouldn't you? Yeah, exactly. God. Yeah. Uh, Put your really, hand up for not Detroit. Really. <laughs> not really if you're in there for the long run. Yeah. No, I just think for it's a, not, not a destination. That's, that's not, it is not a destination. <laughs> no. Roy, what have you got for our third and final uh, trade in round two here, uh, mate? Third and final trade involves the Indiana Pacers Ooh. and the Toronto Raptors. Now, Ooh. it's more regarding the Indiana Pacers because they've had a really ordinary start to the season, um, sitting at 13th in the East, won six games, lost 10 in their first 16. Yeah. Um, my trade would be getting rid of Karis Levert and Justin Holiday, and swapping them for Pascal Siakam and Goran Dragic. Um, so my rationale behind this is, as for Karis Levert, I don't think Indiana Pacers, with the assertions of Chris Duarte, necessarily need him at the two spot. Mm-hmm. Because I think either way you look at it, one of those guys are coming off the bench. And if it's I, I think if I was a Indiana fan, I'd personally prefer Chris Duarte going forward. And you still got enough scoring with TJ Warren to come back in as well. Exactly right. Exactly right. Um, and a few weeks ago, we also spoke about Scotty Barnes and his ability to, you know, lead the Toronto Raptors and whether it, it's something that, you know, might happen sooner rather than later. Um, so I think Pascal Siakam could be a piece to step into that void that's been left by. 
Um, TJ Warren, I know TJ Warren's very likely to come back. And yep. when he comes back, it'll be interesting to see how those two fit. But I think Pascal Siakam's a guy who could play at either the three or four. Um, he's quite a versatile player, actually. At the three, you reckon? Yeah, yeah he could that, play at the small forward. That was my only bit. I don't think Pascal could play at the three. I think four is four perfect. Four or five. I think why, don't, four why don't you think he... Haven't, haven't you watched many Toronto he, games? He hasn't got the build for, to play many. Have you have you seen as many of them as you have the Wizards? Yeah, 80% apparently. <laughs> no, I, I... Yeah, for anyone listening last week, I, I do my work very well. Um, I, I, I think... I think basically the the Indiana Pacers are giving up someone who still presents value in Karis Levert and Justin Holiday, who's are been the starting. Is getting well. enough though? That's Siaka? what I'm thinking. I'd... Like, is that well, enough? Well, it sort of depends what each team are after. Like, would you rather give up someone who presents high value but doesn't doesn't fit into your team as well than someone who? presents lower value and fits into your team and might pro- might provide you with more wins going forward. Can you write that down? That was tripping <laughs> my brain out. No, no, I'm with I, you. I'm with you, but uh, I, th- I think they could get more. Uh, the Toronto Raptors I think the could Raptors get, could get more okay, for Siakam. More in saying you'd go to the length of trading like Miles um, Turner? I don't necessarily know if you... Well, well think, now, granted, that might have some... A little bit more credibility, maybe. But the thing is, I think with Pascal Siakam, again, it's... It's probably looking at him over the last few years as opposed to this year. Like, I, th- I think you can – the value that he provides is in his current form, which isn't as high as it used to be. Must be a lot of money just thinking about that because Dragic is on, what, 15 to 18 million and Siakam's like 30-plus, isn't he? Yeah. Look, none of these trades <laughs> went through the trade machine. They just went through the brain machine. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> Well, I don't know about I don't know about salaries or anything, but let's just have a think about let, it. Yeah, let's have a think about it. Like I get drudges too. So you think? Jesus. So essentially, the the yeah. su- the summary of this is that Toronto Raptors should be getting more back. I think I, yes. Yeah. Okay. Hundred percent. Okay. Hundred percent. And yeah, chucking uh, TJ McConnell there. Oh, a, a little uh, a little stocking stuffer <laughs> there. Uh, yeah, I I think the pace is. Uh, in a prime position to make a move. And I reckon Levert could be up for grabs. I reckon Turner could be up for grabs. I think you look mm. at Brogdon being untouchable. You look at uh, Sabonis being untouchable. And I don't know if TJ Warren, you still want to see him back because yeah. it feels yeah. like an eternity since we last saw him. Since the bubble Warren. Since the bubble bubble Warren against Bubble Mitchell. What an absolute <laughs> barnstorm oh, that was. But incredible. My yeah. only thing with this is if, if the Pacers are going to go after someone, I wouldn't be going after Siakam, especially I, for a three spot. Okay, that's a valid point. And my main my main idea when I was thinking about this is, I if I was the Indiana Pacers, I wouldn't want to be... I I would definitely be suggesting um, getting rid of Karis LeVert because I really love what I've seen from Chris Duarte when he's been in that starting role. So wait, just quickly, just to clarify, mm. in this hypothetical world where this... All goes ahead. Someone's on drugs and says, "Let's make it happen." <laughs> no, come on, man. Um, but are you starting Turner, Sabonis, and Siakam? That's what Rose was saying. He would like, go to the three. <laughs> but like, you're starting all three of them. I mean, you'd like have, that's you'd have to because none of them are bad enough to come off the bench. But that's why I'm saying you wouldn't go after Siakam. That's a, but, that's. But, but <laughs> I I think when 
because Sabonis needs rest. Every other player needs rest. Yeah. I, th- I think he's the thing with the thing that I'm trying to get across with Siakam is I think he's a really versatile player. I think he can probably play three positions. So when Sabonis goes to the bench, why can't he? Why can't Siakam head to the power forward position and still provide mm-hmm. some stability in the big man? God, that would look funny. It's start like you're starting five though, and see all three of those but, tall but timbers running around. Today's NBA is so highly revolved around being versatile and playing multiple positions, and I, I actually think he he's one of those players who can um, play in multiple positions. Mm. I think they'd get crushed on like fast breaks. Yeah. But the other thing that's really sort of that probably wouldn't make it work long term is. If they did keep TJ Warren, then it's just too many, too many players sort of in similar positions. I think so. Yeah, I think I, their pace as a team because Brogdon's not that quick. TJ Warren's coming back from extensive yeah, timeout. Yeah. Their pace, they would just have to be a very, very defensive-minded team. I think, which they would probably be good at with all three of those players. Probably but offensively, I, th- I think it would be a lot more mm. like actual play calling and sets as opposed to running off the uh, rebounds and things of the kind. Yeah. I'd just be scared of also Siakam on defense if he's guarding a three especially. He's got one of those, like, just Ethiopian bodies, you know? Just the No, I don't know. Yeah, go on. I mean, black and lanky pretty much is what I'm saying. He's just got one of those bodies. And and that guarding what today's small four two have we got is some of the better small fours today. <laughs> no. Speechless. Um No. No, <laughs> come on. But <laughs> black and lanky. I mean, then right. skinny and like he's skinny too. Though. No, he's not. He's, he's built he, alright, isn't he? No, he's he's not. I oh, no, I just don't think they're getting back enough. The, yeah. You're giving up Dragic. I think his team in contention would like a backup point guard if they had the space. Yeah. You could get a bit more for him, and you put him with Siakam, who still certainly has many C star potential, superstar potential. Mm. Don't think you're getting back enough, but so maybe you're going after someone who's a pure S, a pure three, pure yeah. small forward, as opposed to a guy who's probably like Siakam. No doubt, he plays in the power forward position. That's his position, but I th- I still think he could he could adapt, couldn't mm-hmm. he? Absolutely. I'm really in saying this. I am really um, disappointed of what uh, Karis Levert has brought to the table so far, which is pretty much not a lot. <laughs> That you could say my Dejounte Murray trade. Dejounte Murray might end up like someone like Karis Levert. Remember when Levert was on Brooklyn and KD was out and Kyrie was out and he was bowling. He, yeah. his, that's why his trade value was so high. And he's come to the paces and done little to nothing. So could could a package be more fitted? Just digressing slightly, be fitted there. The Spurs and Pacers. Yeah, someone possibly. they need some offense. Someone who's just. You know, as you just said, when he was on Brooklyn, Karis LeVert can mm. drop a 50 pace and just go mm. off his absolute trolley. Mm. And you bring in Murray, who can do a bit of everything, can shore up mm. on the defensive side, mm. can can play make a little bit with Brogdon, mm. find those, you know, those big men in the in the post there. Like, ooh. But, something uh, to think about. Something to think about. A little bit of food for thought there. Lads, well done. I feel like I was a, I, I was only high on my trades there. Yeah. I feel like a negative Nancy <laughs> there. But, no, I, I think any of these trades would certainly shake up these teams and mm. certainly um, create a little bit of a uh, maybe a bit of a snowball effect within the league possibly mm. but um, yeah certainly had a lot of fun doing that as we said the trade machine is a, uh, a love-hate relationship it's, I tell you what if you ever want to get close to breaking a laptop fire up the trade machine and just trying to punch in things and them not work and this is uh, why I did not did not resort to the um, yeah. old trade machine this yeah. this time around it's too difficult it is. I, I encourage 
Could your brain process just on brain power alone? Could it process a three-team trade run? Uh, absolutely no. not. No, it, that was out of the equation. So you've done well to fit in a few there, but um, no. It, trade, trade machine, they need to sort that out. Absolutely. Guys, we're well and truly deep into the piece. We're going to do a, a bit of a speed round. The week that was a recap, a couple of quick talking points here. I've jotted down. Take them where you want, anything you want to add. Let's do it. Uh, just quickly, Houston. Now, we spoke about slightly before we came on to air. They are they're they're garbage. There's yeah. no other way to put it. What are they now? One and fourteen. Yeah. Mm. Um, you know, I, here's the question I'll pose: Will they get ten wins? Um, no, no, they're getting like seven max. <sighs> seven, seven wins. Yeah, that, that was... seven and seventy five is your record. We're looking oh. at. I think we're looking uh. at this before the pod, weren't we, Nick? Yeah. About the worst performing teams of all time in the regular season. Yeah. What was the fewest amount of wins? Uh, well, it was the Bobcats in a shortened season in twenty twelve. Um, but it was the nineteen was it eighty six seventy sixes, and then after that, the was it twenty fourteen seventy sixes where I th- they I went think- ten wins. I actually think um, they'll, they will creep just over 10 wins. Um, I don't see them getting many more than that, to be perfectly Who honest. are they beating, though? Even well, OKC that, made them look like chumps. Yeah, but the thing with the NBA is, um, yeah. it's like, you, you do have those occasional games where, like, we've seen it so far this season, like, the team who shouldn't win that somehow gets over the top. It just happens. But and Like um, a game tonight, for example, uh, we've got... Uh, it's probably just tipped off at the time of recording, but the Warriors against Detroit. Yep. Steph's sitting out, Draymond's sitting out. You know, you're throwing a couple of injuries on any given night, as you said. That's why we love the yeah. league. Any team can beat anyone. Need to take into account Jalen Green's slow start too. Like, I mm. don't doubt that he will, um, you know, rise up more. You reckon? Oh, do you think he's going to be at this level for the rest of his career? No, no he's absolutely going to improve. But he, um, as highly as we touted him, you know, there's certain things about his game that absolutely need to work on. And Definitely. I think we overrated a little bit. Yeah. His shot. It's a weird looking shot. Like he's got some mad, mad elevation on this thing. It's coming down with snow on it. It's yeah. really now that I think about it, it's really hard to not buy into the draft advertisement and the draft mockery, you know? It's so hard to like pinpoint all these players that you actually think will play good. Yeah. You just think that the one, two and three are gonna really go off, but in more most cases they're not. Look at Marvin Bagley. Yeah, like absolutely. it doesn't happen all the time. And I mean with the Houston Rockets as well, I'd I'd like they'll be tanking, no doubt. Like that, they're building for the future. They'll want another really high draft pick. Um, so I, I certainly don't think that they'll be overexerting themselves this season in order to finish maybe another spot higher in the stand. You know who they need, and it just baffles me that he's not playing. John Wall. Like they need, yeah. and actually, they don't have a point guard on this team. No, they don't no, have exactly. a point guard. They don't have any leadership. The bloke's getting paid forty million dollars for sitting on the sidelines. Get him on the court. Mm. Get him to help these younger guys: Jay Sean Tate, Jalen Green, Kevin Porter. You know, they just just baffles me that he's not playing. But just quickly, let's set it: ten wins. Yes or no, Lee? Um, if they do get 10, it'll be 10 and only 10. Nothing more. <laughs> For the pure fun and comedy of it, I'm saying no. That would be funny. I will say yes, they'll, they'll get over it, but not by much. Brilliant. During the week, we had two title favourites. Duke it out, Golden State against the Nets. The Warriors won this one, 117-99. to 99. Mm. Steph played 29 minutes, dropped 37 points, went <laughs> 9 of 14 from 3. Goddamn. They, what's been incredible is their... Just performance on both ends of the floor, yeah. offensively and defensively. They're 
I think number one offensively and three no three offensively and number one defensively. Mm. Give like or who, take. Who defensively is playing well on the Draymond Green yeah, Draymond is probably Green, DPOY at this point. But he would be else? my favourite. Gary uh, Payton. Uh, uh, yeah, the glove, the glove the junior glove. on yeah. fire. Andrew Wiggins has been really impressive. Like he doesn't have to be the main guy. Yep. He looks great in a team where he's the number three or four option, mm-hmm. getting paid like a number one, but yeah. nevertheless. <laughs> but um, just quickly, MVP talk. It's early, but we love it. Oh, he's like he showed one, it. He, he just absolutely just dismantled the war. Uh, the Nets, KD probably. They, you know, they're jostling it out for that MVP mm. race, but does this really firmly assert Steph? Oh yeah, it does. Yeah. It? My my question is, when um, White James Wiseman come back, where's he going to fit in? He's going to come off the bench. He'd have to. You wouldn't want to ruin what you've already got. Yeah, Looney's been been solid. Yeah. Um, it's scary to think though what this team is doing, and they're still to bring back one of the greatest shooters of all time as well in Clay Thompson. Yep. Um, oh, tell you what, I I'm loving it. I am. Like a Lakers fan, and I certainly i I have high hopes still for mm. them. I believe they're going to go all the way, but you know I'm uh, I'm all for the Warriors. They're just so so fun, and in terms of viewership, I think it was they've had two of the top three, five of the top seven, or something, mm. six of the top eleven most viewed games. So people are really behind this team. Steph followed it up against the Cavs uh, yesterday, 104 to 89, dropped 40 points. Just quickly, don't need to touch on this. T- for too long, but they were down 13 heading into the last quarter against the Cavs. Yep. And I was like, God damn, what is going on? Mm. The fourth quarter, they outscored them 36 to 8. Yeah, oh, was watching And it was score. just a, a curry masterclass. It, it really was. does surprise me, though, to be honest, how well they're playing. Yeah. Like, why are they playing this well? I know they're, like, number three offensively, number one defensively. But, like, if you look from last year, how did that switch occur so suddenly? Uh, I just gelling together and meshing together. Gelling together, we've seen the real big improvement of Jordan Poole. Yeah. Um, you know, Curry mm. is just he just makes others around him better. Mm. Um, even when his shots not on, you know, we've seen Andrew Wiggins go for a, a big game and lead the scoring, yeah. which didn't happen as much last season. Draymond Green looks more focused than ever, and as I said, he's probably leading the way for Defensive Player of the Year yeah. at the moment. Um, just, love this team so fun I just feel like their swagger's back to be honest yeah. it is I feel like Did you see that shot was it who was it against was it the Wizards who was it the other day the was ball when, when he turned oh, around yeah. and just did the little yeah. point to the crowd yeah, I did it, see that. That, that before the all. ball's gone in it's just ridiculous and it just shows they're having fun and that's why people yeah. tune in they do they do no they're looking very exciting indeed um, I just want to quickly bring up. This is the stat that I was trying to remember before, I but stats. I but I couldn't I couldn't remember it. Yep. Buddy healed. Oh, back on Bud. In his first 400 games, has made more three-pointers than any other player in NBA history. So, What's his percentage? Uh, no percentage here, unfortunately. But <laughs> no he's, quick math. He's, he's had 1,205 um, three-pointers in his first 399 So he's making games. about three a game, three which a game. is really... Yeah, there you go. Next best player is Steph Curry, 1,121, followed by Clay and Dame. Yet... Because he's on such an awful, goddamn awful team, he does not get the credit that yep. he probably deserves because he's, when it's all said and done, he'll probably go down, like, he's on the right to go down as one of the best three-point shooters of all time mm-hmm. if he can keep it up. Can he keep it up? That's, yeah, that's the question. The thing, a different yeah. change of scenery would be certainly exciting for him. Phoenix, check out our recent post on our oh. Instagram, Facebook this morning. Drop that one. I oh, know it was last night, should I say. Um, but Phoenix... Tenth game, longest winning streak in the league. They won their tenth game the other day in a row against the Mavs. 
uh, Donchester Mavs. Yep. Uh, they play them once again today, so they could potentially make it 11 wins on the trot. But they've got 10. After a slow start to the season, mm. they are looking the business once again. DeAndre Ayton's now back. Blessing for my fantasy team. <laughs> yeah. But they're, they're looking good, aren't they? Can they go one step further this year than what they did last oh, season? I think they're more than capable of definitely returning to the finals. And then yep. who knows what happens after that. Um, but they're another team. We talk about the Warriors having their swagger back. The Phoenix Suns, to begin this season, they were... They had no swagger whatsoever. They were yep. they they came out of the gates very slow. But in saying that, I think most people thought knew in the back of their heads that this was a sort of a regularity, and yeah. we thought that they would return. Yep. Um, to the Phoenix Suns that we saw last year, and that's what they've definitely done. They've been they've been impressive lately. Lay for yourself. Do you think they can climb the mountaintop? I think so. Just like this streak really reminds me of where the switch was in the Phoenix Suns over the last two or three years. It was that um. Play, well, no, the bubble bubble play in, or just before the play. Yeah, where they went yeah. was it eight game, eight and zip, and nearly made the play. But in just there. playoffs there. Yeah, you just love seeing them go on a run. They they do have their swagger back. They're playing with so much confidence. The West is really like you could safely say Golden State are leading the charge, and um, you know the real pace setters for the league at the moment look mm. incredible. But after that, the West is so open. It is. You know, yeah. the Nuggets are hit and miss. The Lakers, who should be up there, are hit and miss. The Mavs. Are up there, yet they're not playing like a team that's reflective of where their position on the standings mm. are. The Clippers are making their way up without Kawhi. It's a very, very open landscape at the moment, so it's certainly exciting. I can't wait. Oh, me uh, too. Me the playoffs too. this year are going to be amazing for both conferences. It's the first time in quite a while, like the East, that we've alluded to over the last couple of seasons, but the West is here and the, the East are catching up. It's I'm, really even. I'm probably more so looking... Uh, I know it's early stage in the season, yeah. but the East more yeah, so yeah. this year because yep. a couple of the really strong contenders from last year haven't performed as well to begin the season, like the Bucks and, and the Hawks. And obviously, the Celtics have been very um, ordinary as well. So, but I don't then know. you look at the Hornets and they're sitting five, yeah. five in the East. Like, they're going well. Like, I, I, you, I don't want to bash them, but I, I don't have as much faith in the Hornets. For what? For what? Because I, I, I go for them? Do you no, 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 no. <laughs> No, I, I just don't know what it is about them. Like, I'm just not sold on them yet. Um, I, I don't doubt that they need a couple more pieces, but, geez, they've been looking good. They've looked better lately. They've they looked have, yeah. better. It's kind of coincided since Terry Rozier came back in the lineup. Yeah. So, PJ's yet to come back. Yep. You wait. You wait. Watch. Make us a believer, Lee. No, Make us a believer. So, Could you imagine if Charlotte won the championship? Oh, we would I, I tell you what, if Charlotte win the title this year... Bum, you can record it straight down the street there. I will street <laughs> up and down. I'll hold you to that. Bloody oath. Well. If they do, you just, you know, no no qualms whatsoever paying up for that one. But um, that would be certainly a stunning uh, stunning surprise. Lee has to get a scary Terry tat as well. I'll do it. I'll do it. He will. He's got the that. tats now. When yep. You've broken the ice. Once you got the first one, big they'll start face. flowing now. Big on the back. Big, big back tattoo. And... and- He'll, it'll be in the era where he had the massive mutton chop sideburns. You know, it'd be a flex move. <laughs> Getting the tattoo next week saying Hornets title oh, 2022. Oh, big big like flex that. move. Big flex move. Yeah. <laughs> I'm all for it. Lads, anything else you want to mention from the week that was from the NBA? A little speed round there? No, not really. But I'll tell you what. This, How fun this, is it? This bad boy's gone down very, very well. I big shout out once again to Shine for the hookups for this week's episode. Um, hopefully a little more news on... 
a developing situation next week. Uh, we've mentioned it over the last couple of weeks. There's something brewing in the pipeline, and it's uh, starting to gain some traction here. But once again, we certainly appreciate the hookup for today's episode. Just phenomenal. Um, you know, just I, I don't want to give too much away, but we will talk about them more certainly next week and the, the hopefully the coming weeks after. Absolutely, yep. Lads, it's awesome. Morning podcast in the books. It's, um, you know, I need to wrap this one up we've got a big game going on as we speak the lakers and celtics row both of us are itching itching for a win as we speak um it's dire times isn't it it is dire times lebron likely to be back for this game so i i don't know I'm, i hope we win this one but i reckon you guys might get up unfortunately there you go brilliant guys next week i think we're going to be looking at doing a bit of a, a more of a focus on the nbl next week doing a couple of season previews the season will start or the regular season the week after so a lot to get into there Jack Jumpers making waves, marching towards their first official NBL game. A lot to look forward to. So I reckon that's the plan for next week. Absolutely. Guys, be sure to subscribe, like, comment, whatever you do. All that great stuff for us. We really appreciate the support. Um, Yeah. Awesome stuff, guys. Stay tuned for all the latest news and information throughout the week. We can't wait to come back with another massive episode next week. Till then, love you. Bye.